It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 931 one three eight one four five six seven or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com we hope you'll take out your bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of god's word on this edition of the virtual bible study welcome to the virtual bible study for thursday january 28th 2010 we appreciate you being a part of the program tonight our audio stream is going out and our video's feed looks like it's working as well, so we're glad you're on the program tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Dad. Jacob, great to be with you tonight. Looking forward to our Thursday night Bible study group on the Internet, the virtual Bible study, and we're looking forward to participation by those who are listening tonight. All right. If you are listening to us tonight live, we'd love to hear your comments at 877-381-4567 or email questions at collegeview.com. Join in the chat room with other listeners if you're watching our video feed tonight. Follow the instructions on your screen, and you can join in with other listeners there. We have John in Oklahoma City on the line in the chat room, Eric in Fayetteville, Tennessee, in the chat room, and some others as well. So you can join in there. We'd like to hear from you any way that you can join in tonight. That's right, and we want your participation. We kind of got an open-ended study tonight. We just have suggested the the concept of let's talk about young people from the Bible. Let's talk about good and bad things that we can learn from the example of some of the young people who are depicted in the Scripture. And I hope that maybe some young people who are listening will participate, or maybe even some who will listen in the archives might gain some encouragement by our discussion. I'm concerned, Jacob, that a lot of times young people think that the Bible and religion in general is something that pertains primarily to old folks. That's right. Uh, along those lines, Eric has uh, chimed in the chat room. He's got his four children around the computer tonight, and so we appreciate uh, them for being there. And if you are a young person listening tonight, we'd like to hear from you. Don't be afraid or bashful about calling or sending in an email uh, to let us know your thoughts. I actually think, Jacob, that young people in the modern era have are facing temptations at least different kinds of temptations than have ever been known. I think young people have always been tempted in regards to faithfully serving the Lord. There's no doubt about that. But the young people in the world today have new challenges that nobody has ever known before in the history of time. Some of the things that even the media and the Internet present to them are are really great temptations that they're having to deal with that people a generation ago as children wouldn't even have imagined. So it's very important that we encourage our young people that they early in life make a commitment to live the way that God wants them to live. And I also think that uh, while children are facing new uh, challenges and temptations, that their parents are less involved to help them with those challenges and temptations than they've ever been before. Yeah, and so that's that's, uh, bad on both fronts. They're facing great challenges, and parents are, are, are more removed from the scene and not as as active in their daily lives as they used to be so we got we got great great concerns for young people the bible speaks to to those things and we can learn some lessons 877-381-4567 questions at collegeu.com in the chat room as well you can comment we look forward to hearing from you on the program tonight don't forget you can follow us on twitter you can join a facebook group as well of listeners to the virtual bible study lots of ways for you to keep in touch with us on the program. We're looking forward to hearing from you tonight and any time that you may have a question or comment about the Scriptures. You sent out an email earlier today about some young people that we want to talk about tonight. That's right, Jacob. And just a quick reminder, as we always do every week, remind people you can get on our update list, uh, send us an email, questions at collegeview.com, tell us to put you on the list, we'll do that. And on Thursday, uh, about midday, uh, we send out an email that indicates what our topic is going to be for that night and just some preliminary questions to try and get the, the, the discussion going. And we, we seek that input coming back to us beginning at that point all through the program. And we try to work in the emails that we get. So to our update list today, we ask what lessons, good and or bad, can be learned from. And I named five, Jacob. I named Joseph, Timothy, Mary, the mother of Jesus, Solomon, and Jesus. 
That's just five. There's a whole lot more. So we want to look at those five first. But then we also ask, what other Bible characters serve as role models, good or bad, for young people? And so if if any of our listeners can think of some others that they'd like to throw in, by all means, uh, give us uh, some other names of, of people and some lessons that can be learned from some other Bible characters. Okay, we look forward to hearing from you on the program tonight as we look at various Bible characters. You've opened the discussion up at, there with any Bible character uh, that you may think is a good influence. Maybe you've got some in your mind that are not on the list. We'd like to hear from you with those suggestions. We'll begin the discussion, though, talking about Joseph. And we're talking about Joseph, the son of Jacob in the Old Testament, uh, who was a remarkable young man who, in spite of the challenges and really extreme temptations that he faced, uh, he was able to be victorious. Exactly right. You know, I think a lot of times, not just kids, but but older folks as well, feel like if if they get unfair treatment, if someone mistreats them or does them wrong, if they feel like they've been somehow mistreated in a, in one way or another, they sort of use that as justification for acting out. You know, I got I got a bad deal, and therefore it justifies me in in showing out in one way or another. And uh, in Joseph's case, certainly he was a young person who really got mistreated. Uh, nothing fair happened to him when his brothers caught him. Almost murdered him. Probably would have murdered him if one if if it hadn't come up. One brother sort of partially protected him, and he ended up being sold as a slave to Egypt. The whole thing was unfair. He hadn't done anything to deserve that, and so it was just a bad deal for him. And if if anybody could have said, "Well, because of that, I'm just going to do this," you know, what's the use? He could have done that. He didn't. And I think that's one of the great – he was – by the way, he was 17 years old in Genesis chapter 35 when the episode uh, – uh, excuse me, verse chapter 37, I believe it is. When the episode with his brothers came up, he was 17 years old. So that's somebody that I, our young people can really relate to. He was a teenager. He was 17 years old, and all this transpired to him. And he also was uh, far away from uh, from his parents where they could have uh – Checked up on him. You know, a lot of times when children get away or young people get away from their parents, they, they think it's a uh, license to let their hair down a little bit. He re- realized that he was responsible to God, not just his parents. And uh, that's something that we need to remember. Yeah, I think that's the a main thing in the example of Joseph to point out. In Genesis chapter 37, excuse me, in, in chapter 39, when we get over to chapter 39 and he's tempted by Potiphar's wife. So he's already been sold as a slave by his own brothers he ends up in Egypt, and then his master's wife, he's a slave, and his master's wife tries to get him to commit sexual immorality with her. And uh, he said uh, in Genesis chapter 39, verse 7, it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she, and she said, lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, behold, my master does not know what is with me in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Um, so he he mentioned a couple of things. One was loyalty to his earthly master. He felt like that would certainly be doing him wrong after he had entrusted him with all of his his household. But he especially noted I can't do this and sin against God. All of us, regardless of age, but especially young people, you need to realize that if you decide to do something that you shouldn't do, it is a sin against God. The God in heaven who loves us so much is observing everything that we do say and think. And if at whatever age, if we decide that we're going to purposely go against his will, it is a sin against him. It may be a sin against other people, too, but it's always a sin against him. All right. Excellent point. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. We see there a picture of Joseph as a young person who realized that he was responsible to God and he wasn't going to lay that aside. He was going to remain focused on his responsibility towards God. And I think that is uh, a sign of, and we see other in- indicators of this as well, that Joseph was a responsible young person, and young people today need to be taught responsibility. Joseph was so responsible to the point that his master could entrust all of his uh, uh, possessions to him, and uh, young people today need to, to learn that responsibility. I think you're exactly right. Uh, he, 
he understood his accountability to God instead of, instead of the idea that, well, it's expected of young people to sort of sow their wild oats. Young people are going to do some things they shouldn't do. That's just the way it is. And we have to accept that and be realistic about that. And hopefully when they get older and when they've got all that out of their system, then they'll settle down and live the way God wants them to live. That's not true to anything that the scriptures teach. And the example of Joseph is a good one to show that godly people can live in a in a righteous manner with an understanding of their accountability to God. All right. And I also think that we see, uh, as a result of that uh, understanding of responsibility towards God, and along with that, the self-control that was associated there with Potiphar's wife's temptations, the discipline, the self-control, the understanding of responsibility, Joseph was successful in his relationship with God. And that portrayed itself, and uh, it, 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 uh, it, it trickled on down to his physical uh, position in life. And That's parents God, want their God, children. God to be, blessed him because he did what was right. Right, and children, uh, parents want their children to be successful. And a lot of times, they push the physical success in front of their relationship to God. Where if they would put God where He needs to be, the rest of it will take care of itself. I think that's a good observation. Exactly. One of the things about Joseph in the case with Potiphar's wife is that it's just sort of the nature of temptation. She suggested that he sin with her one time, and he said no the first time. But that wasn't the end of it. In Genesis chapter 39, verse 10, it came to pass as she spake to Joseph day by day that he hearkened not to her to lie by her or to be with her. And so the temptation that she presented him with was not just a one-time thing. He was strong enough at that first occasion to say no, and then she just dropped it. It wasn't the case. She con- continued to present this to him. You know, that's the nature of temptation is it comes back again and again and again. We've got to be strong the first time, the second time, and right on. Right on through our lives, we're going to have to be strong against temptation. Uh, Joseph was. He sets that example. But finally, in, in the case of Joseph, Jacob, I think one of the things worth noting is when the temptation got so great, uh, in verse 11, Genesis 39, verse 11, it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business, and there was none of the men of the house therein. And she caught him by the garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. The temptation was so great, and the, and the, this woman was so determined to get Joseph to sin with her that he actually had to flee, had to sort of shed out of his coat and flee the scene to get away from the temptation. And uh, some people might mistakenly say that was an act of cowardice. I actually think that was an act of great courage. When when the temptation is so great that we can't, you know, we can't stay there any longer, we flee to get away from it. I believe that's a, a spiritually courageous act. You know, we, we remember in the case of Joseph that Potiphar's wife then was so enraged at his refusal, she had his coat now, and she used that to to frame him, so to speak, uh, for a crime that he didn't commit, and he ended up in prison again, a, a terrible injustice that happened to Joseph. But he was not uh, cowardly in that matter at all. And young people today are not cowardly. If the temptation is great and the spiritual dangers are imminent, it's not a coward thing. It's a it's a, a spiritually courageous thing to say, I'm getting out of here. I'm leaving this. I'm running away from this danger. All right. In the chat room, uh, there's some chatter tonight. And if you're not in the chat room so far, you can join in by following the instructions on your screen if you're watching our video feed tonight. But uh, John in Oklahoma City says, for every wild oat, there should be a firm beating with the rock. And not a politically correct statement, but... Uh, I think John is indicating there even that uh, those who are teenagers should be disciplined when they sow their wild oats. Exactly right. So one of the great young people of the Bible and one of the fantastic examples that young people can draw lessons from, I think strength and encouragement from, is the case of Joseph. He's just an exemplary fellow. Uh, Really... Everything we read about Joseph, you know, there's some people in the Bible, and I see in the uh, I see Neutron John in the chat room has suggested David as, a, and we may talk about him later. David was a great young man in service to God as well, certainly in the event of defeating Goliath, which Neutron John mentions in the chat room. But David had some other. David had some issues. I mean, it wasn't all perfect with the case of David. Now we know some problems that he dealt with. But honestly, in the case of Joseph. 
uh, I think as as I've heard it described, his life was good from first to last. He was good throughout. Everything we read about Joseph was just exemplary. I'm not saying he was a perfect person because we know that Jesus was the only such perfect person. But Joseph is a great example. All right. It's time for a break. But appreciate uh, John Neutron John for bringing up another character that we did not have on our list. And if you have any characters that come to mind as good examples for young people today, send it in. Let us know your thoughts. we got one comment before we go to break, Jacob. Uh, one comment in the chat room says, I'm afraid that parents worry so much about their children fitting in and being popular, they forget to instruct them that it's okay to run away from sinful situations. I think that's exactly right. All right, uh, certainly. 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. We take a short break and continue on the other side. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Don't touch that mouse. The virtual Bible study will be back right after this. Hi, I'm Jerry Fralix. I'm a member of uh, College View Church of Christ here in Columbia, Tennessee, and I have a few words to say. Occasionally, we hear parents who say that they don't want to force religion on their children. These misguided folks think they're doing their kids a favor by letting them decide for themselves. They're afraid that there will be some resentment in their children later if religion had been crammed down their throats. If we may be absolutely blunt in response, that is one of the most ridiculous ideas anyone ever suggested. We force many things on our children. We insist that they bathe, brush their teeth, change their clothes, etc. We cram education down their throats by making them attend school regularly. We demand that they do their homework. We force them to eat good food, get adequate rest, and do other things that are important to their health and development. We do all of this because we know it is in their best interest, and we do it even when the kids don't like it. Why is it this such a common sense approach is neglected by parents who are determined to let the kids decide for themselves when it comes to religion? Dr. James Dobson writes, There's a critical period when certain kinds of instruction are easier in the life of children. There is a brief period during childhood when youngsters are vulnerable to religious training. Their concepts of right and wrong are formulated during this time, and their views of God begin to solidify. The opportunity of that period must be seized when it is available. The absence or misapplication of instruction through that prime time period may place a severe limitation on the depths of the child's later devotion to God. When parents withhold indoctrination from their small children, allowing them to decide for themselves, the adults are almost guaranteeing that the youngsters will decide in the negative. God's Word has always taught us the truth on the subject. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Proverbs 22.6 Hi, this is Tom Goodall from College View Church of Christ. Why don't you listen to our virtual Bible study each Thursday evening at 8 p.m.? It's a great opportunity to do something good each week. Missed a recent virtual Bible study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archive section of our website. Now, back to the virtual Bible study. And welcome back to the virtual Bible study tonight as we talk about young people and we look to the scriptures for examples of positive young people who can be an encouragement to young people today. Lots of discussion in the chat room tonight. They're going wild about wild oats in the chat room tonight. Uh, and uh, Kevin in the chat room says there is no positive example for allowing a child to sow their wild oats. Exactly right. You know, it's kind of interesting. Uh, in a little bit of study that I've done about the Amish in America, they actually believe that that is a, is a, a, a reasonable practice. And they actually make allowance for that. They even provide an opportunity for young people to sow their wild oats with the idea that once they see that there's not much to that, they'll turn away from it for a lifetime. Well, it, Catholics are not much different with their with their festival season leading up to Lent. You know, yeah. they sort of get it out of your system. Yeah, and there's, and and I believe Kevin's right. There's no biblical. Uh, justification for that kind of thinking. Right. Before we pass, uh, our first uh, example was Joseph. Along the line of wild oats, though, before we, we, okay, go before ahead, go we uh, go ahead. bury all those, uh, Rhonda says children who sow, sow wild oats reap sorrow for themselves and their parents. Uh, that is along the lines of what we read in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 15. The rod and a proof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. And certainly uh, excellent comments there. Um, and uh, John uh references proverbs 23 verse 13 on the on the beating the children with a rod he said do not hold withhold correction from a child for if you beat him with a rod he will not die we're not advocating child abuse but we are advocating corporal punishment as the scriptures do uh, and certainly it is not a popular topic in the world today it's not politically correct but it is what the scriptures teach and the scriptures are many times not politically correct but they are correct with god and we need to align our lives with them so we appreciate those comments uh, before we, our first example was that of Joseph, and before we move from that, we had an email from Jack in Hampshire, Tennessee, who mentions Joseph as a good lesson 
that young people can learn from. He says, the importance of not whining or complaining about your situation. I believe grumbling and dissatisfaction embarrass God who wants us to, quote, shine as lights in the world. In Philippians 2, 14 and 15, we read, do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. You know, young people are are inclined to do that, you know, kind of grumble and gripe and complain. You're getting, you're about ready to get up on a soapbox here. I think about mm-hmm. the uh, cashiers. Oh, no, I won't do that. Okay. <laughs> I won't do that. But uh, I think Jack is right that it is sort of a characteristic of youth to be complaining and murmuring. And Joseph stands as a great example of one who did not do that. So we appreciate Jack's comments. All right. Yes, certainly. Uh, that is a good example for us all, including those of us who are young. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeu.com. Join in the chat room. Let us know your thoughts tonight on the program. We'd love to hear from you. We especially solicit your feedback if you are a young person listening to us tonight, uh, we'll let you decide whether or not you qualify as a young person, but uh, we'd like to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, who are some characters in the, new, in the New or Old Testament that you look to for encouragement as you live the life of a young person in the world that we live in today? Jacob, the next one that we suggested, we're still looking for any more suggestions you want to add to the list of great Bible young people, but the next one we had suggested was the young man Timothy. Um, and I think as we study in the New Testament, he just stands out as a shining example of what a, a godly young person should be. He was a, a young man uh, who served with the Apostle Paul. And the things that Paul said about him are just are amazing when he talks about him as a co-worker, about the trust and confidence uh, that he had in Timothy Timothy was just a, a, a very worthy example of what, of, uh, what a young Christian should be. And one of the things that we would point out is that you got to think a lot of the credit for that was in his parental upbringing. Now, we know from Acts chapter 16 that his mother was a believer, uh, and, and the implication is that his father was not in the first verses of Acts chapter 16. And Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, beginning verse 5, call, I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and in thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Um, and then in 2 Timothy 3, verse 15, or verse 14, continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child... Thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So, you know, Timothy, as I said, I think just stands out as a wonderful example of what a young Christian ought to be. And for parents, take special note of the fact that that has to, the, 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 that outcome in his life has to be largely attributed to his mother and his grandmother who taught him, even from a child, they taught him the way that he should go. We contrast that with the parents today who want their kids to just make up their own mind, as we heard, I think, during the break. You know, we're not going to force uh, any religion on our children. We're going to let them make up their own mind. We see that uh, Timothy's mother and grandmother were committed to making sure that their son and grandson knew the Scriptures and was committed to them. Exactly right. Along the lines of how successful they were, I like the uh, statement about Timothy in Philippians chapter 2, verses uh, 19 and 20, where Paul says, For I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Tim- Timothy shortly to you, that I also may uh, be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. Uh, you know, think about Paul and that young person, Timothy. Uh, Paul said that he was the best person he had, that who, who, who he could send. Uh, to take exactly right. Business. That's great confidence for for the apostle Paul to to speak such glowing words of Timothy is pretty amazing. Jack commented about Timothy also as a good e- example. He says a good example of faithfulness. Paul describes Timothy, First Corinthians four verse seventeen, who is my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, and he will remind you of my ways which are in Christ. Then in chapter sixteen verse ten, he was described as one who is doing the Lord's work, and in First Thessalonians three two, he's described as our brother. And God's fellow worker in the gospel of Christ as one who would, quote, strengthen and encourage you as to your faith. What wonderful words to be said of a young person. I pray this can be said of my children. You know, Jack is right. Wouldn't it be something 
for a, a young person, and I've known young people like this. I, I, uh, one lesson is we maybe ought to be more vocal in praising young people for the good things they do, uh, as Paul did here. But I've known people who were a, a strength and encouragement to people around them, even older people who were around them. Timothy was, and that's a great that's a great thing for young people. Make that your goal, that you will be a strength and an encouragement to others like Timothy was. All right. Instead, uh, what we hear too often is, well, he's just young. We'll just have to excuse his misbehavior. 877-381-4567. Instead of saying, man, what a great example, we say, well, I hope you grow out of that. I hope you'll get past that. Well, and, we, and we just sort of excuse it. And that we just, just goes with yeah, the territory. Yeah, yeah. All right. Questions at collegeview.com is the way to join in on email. Before we pass from Timothy, Jacob, I wanted to, there, there's a statement made to Timothy uh, that sort of ties in with what we were saying about Joseph when he when he was in great temptation. He fled from the temptation. Paul actually told Timothy to do that. In 2 Timothy 2, verse 22, he said, flee also youthful lust. But follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Paul actually told Timothy, you run away from the youthful lust, the, the, the particular kind of things that are a great temptation to young people. You run away from that sort of thing. And that that's what we would urge uh, young people in Christ today to do as well. He also, in First Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, put the emphasis of being an example of what a Christian should be like. A lot of times... Uh, we don't uh, hold young people to this high of, a, of, a, of an expectation as he did with Timothy. In First Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, Let no man despise thy use, but be thou an example of the believers in word and conversation and charity and spirit and faith and purity. And uh, he was excited. I cut you off, didn't you? You were headed to that verse, weren't you? No, I, I think that's right. I think that's a great verse. That young people ought to memorize that because what Paul was encouraging Timothy to do is what young people today ought to to set as their goal, to be an example of the believers. And the fact of the matter is, young, young people, you are being an example of the believers, either a good one or a bad one. How, uh, young people, how do people, what do they think of the Lord's church when they know that you're a part of it? Do they think, well, that must be a pretty good group of people because that, that person I know, that young person I know, he's he, he or she is just really seems like a, a, a very good individual. Or do they say, that church over there must not be much because I know this gal or I know that guy and they go there and they're just they're 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 not very good at all. They do all kind of bad stuff. You are being an example of the believers. Either your example though is either for good or for bad. And young people, you need to realize I, I I'm particularly concerned that young people in the church do not take seriously enough their ability to influence the community as to what what a local church is like and what, and what we're about. You know, you do that. When you look at, uh, you see pictures of, uh, of young people's get-togethers or something, you see the, the apparel that they're wearing, and you see the, the level of modesty that they display, you make a judgment about the congregation they're from. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And it happens today. Young people are being an example. Whether it's a positive example or a negative one, that's up to the young people. But young people are being an example. All right, so we've got we've got T- Timothy as a great example of a young person. So we've got one from the Old Testament and one from the New Testament, Jacob, and we've got several more we want to cover. We're getting some suggestions. I hope I'm I'm catching some of them that are being mentioned in the chat room. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping we'll get to some of those. Uh, and I see another one by email uh, that we hope to get to. Uh, uh, Faith in Indiana mentions uh, John the Baptist as, as as a worthy example. So we'll we'll add that to our list, too, and see how many of these we can get to. All right. I will note that in the chat room now, if you do not have a username, there is now the ability for you to chat. We've been able to turn off the moderation that was restricting you from chatting before. So if you don't have a username, just uh, type in the box there at the bottom and hit send. And your comments can be seen, so no moderation. Jacob, we got a comment, and I got I got to mention this one in in the chat room. Somebody says, uh, just seeing some of the junk that they young people put on Facebook is very disturbing. When we see our young post inappropriate things, we need to correct them. Ah, man, I am all for that. I know last year, sometime, Jacob, you did. I wasn't here, but you did a program on the social media. Mm-hmm. And I think that young, I think parents really need to to keep close tabs on what their children are doing uh, on some of the internet 
networking sites that are out there because I agree as in our chat room the comment was made that, that some of some of our young people some some young people who are Christians are are saying and doing and even reporting on it in Facebook and elsewhere things that Christians should not be involved in. All right. So appreciate those comments. And that, and, and you do that, you're not going to be the kind of example that Paul told Timothy a young person ought to be. Absolutely. We don't need to, as uh, was mentioned there by Rhonda, you, we don't need to just excuse it. They're young. That just goes with the territory. They're sowing their wild oats. We need to uh, hold them to a higher standard. And so we appreciate those comments. We're going to take a break, get this week's bullet point, and we'll continue on the other side. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. You won't want to miss what we talk about next. The discussion continues right after these important messages. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. There are two basic and very different views that are manifested among God's people when it comes to serving in his kingdom. These fundamental outlooks have a dramatic effect in how these Christians react to various situations and challenges. For instance, some Christians see attending all of the assemblies and Bible studies as a dreaded obligation. As a result, they allow almost any other activity to keep them away from the services. School activities, recreational outings, family gatherings, and a host of other things will provide them with the excuse they're looking for to lay out. Basically, these are the sort of Christians who attend services when there's nothing else they would really rather be doing. Along with these, there are some church members who stay home from services because they fear that they might catch a cold or the flu from others in attendance or if the weather is bad. Never mind that the same bugs and same weather conditions are at the mall, at the ball game, in the beauty shop, etc. These folks will go to all those places, but they stay home from services, quote, for health reasons. They don't appear to realize that their motives are very transparent. The counterparts to the aforementioned church members are the Christians who are truly dedicated to the Lord. They love Bible study and cherish the opportunities to join with others in a serious and insightful study. Times of worship are considered as really special to these folks, and they will go to any length to keep their schedules free from conflicts that would force them to miss the assemblies. Their friends, co-workers, and relatives all know this about them and are not surprised when they refuse invitations to participate in activities, turn down overtime assignments, and even bow out of family gatherings that might overlap with the scheduled meetings of the church. Even as they grow older, they continue to show their dedication. They may have to discontinue some things they've always done, but attending church services won't be on that list. They'll come to Bible class and worship if it's the only place they're able to go all week long. And they'll do it in bad weather, in the midst of flu season, and so forth, because they have their priorities in the right order. These good-hearted saints are going to be present because they love the Lord, and it shows. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. Hi, I'm Jack Coleman, a member of the College View Church of Christ, with a suggestion for you and your family. Why not turn off the TV on Thursday nights and gather the family around the computer for an hour of in-depth Bible study? A virtual Bible study always involves subjects of importance and interest to serious Bible students. So, why not join this Internet Bible study group every Thursday night? And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Colossians 3:17. Now, back to the program. And welcome back to the virtual Bible study tonight. Some good comments going on in the chat room tonight. If you're not uh, looking in the chat room tonight, we would encourage you to follow the instructions on your screen and join in there. And you can get in there and you can participate even without a username, without, a, without an account. You can add your comments. We're looking forward to hearing from you on the program tonight as we talk about young people. Uh, some of the comments during the break, uh, someone says that uh, they've seen people posting pictures of uh, drinking and dancing, Christians engaged in that. Yeah. On Facebook, again, uh, what kind of example are we showing? Um, and uh, we have a request for another episode, another program on social media. We may have to encourage, include that in the future. Um, just a lot of uh, comments. Another one that uh, we need to talk about here with the language that young people are using Um we see the faith brings this up, uh, where she says that people wouldn't think about using the Lord's name in vain, but they use the, the euphemism or the abbreviation OMG, mm-hmm. which is uh, uh, using the Lord's name in vain. Yeah, and so it's uh, an excellent comment. All right, uh, we, we we suggested five, and we've only gotten Jacob. We've only gotten through two of them. We're going to have to move a little quicker because we've got some other suggestions. We're still looking for your suggestions. Uh, Young people that serve as an example for young pe- young people of the Bible who serve as an example for young people today. I had thought of one, and I 
and I don't know, I, people may have thought this was kind of a, a crazy suggestion, but Mary, the mother of Jesus, as an example for young people. Jacob, you know, when, when all of that transpired, when she was, an angel appeared to her and, and she was told that she would be the mother of the Savior, she had to have been probably, the, the scripture doesn't say, but she probably was a teenager, probably a fairly young teenager, I would, I, you know. People married very early in those times, very, and she, and so likely she was engaged to be married. So you have to think that she would have been. I don't. I'm afraid to even say an age, but she was. She was like, almost certainly a ten, less than twenty, less yeah. than twenty, maybe even fifteen, sixteen years old, something like that. Right. Would not have been uncommon for people to marry in that time frame at that age, uh, and and yet she had been such a good person, such a righteous individual that she was chosen. To be the mother of the Savior, and and so I mean that in itself uh, says volumes about the kind of person that she was. Also, and I don't I don't know if we and think, it was not as a result of her immaculate conception. She was not. Uh, she there was nothing special about her character. You know, she had devoted her life to serving God. Yeah, yeah. She 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 was. Uh, it, she wasn't born that way, is what I'm saying. Okay, right. I think you. I'm right. not saying she was born a sinner, but I, there was she, there was nothing special about her. Un, you know, she didn't have any kind of special circumstances that we. She know. she was that way by her choice, right. by her by her uh, living the way that she should as as a as a, uh, and you got to think about it, all all the young Jewish women that were available. She was the one that was chosen to be the mother of the Savior. It's pretty impressive, and also when you think about what was suggested to her, you're going to have a child. You're an unmarried woman, and you're going to have a child, and it'll be what, what that that will be conceived, and you will be of the Holy Ghost. You know that was a special thing for sure, but you know she would have had to have been prepared to deal with the scornful eyes of others who knew she was an unmarried woman and she was pregnant. Rhonda in the chat room says she could have been stoned according yeah. to the law. Yeah, so she was willing to accept a tremendous responsibility there with potential consequences. But she was a great person. She said in Luke chapter 1, uh, verse 38, after this had been revealed to her that this was what was going to happen, uh, is she said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. In other words, she was submissive to the will of God. All right. 877 Those are some pretty quick comments about Mary, but I do think she stands as a great example. Questions at collegeu.com as well. That's exactly right. And uh, another comment in the chat room, Joseph, her uh, betrothed had uh, good faith as well to to be submissive to uh, the father's instructions. Yeah. Okay. All right. Another one that we suggested, uh, Jacob, by the way, let me get to this email that just popped up here uh, uh, about the Facebook, just a comment about the social media. Uh, a listener from Indiana says, I do not know if this was mentioned, but once you put something out on the World Wide Web, it's there forever. Deleting things does not always make it go away. So your actions are out there for others to discover days, months, or years later, which is exactly right. Uh, uh, you know, you got to be concerned about that, but you also got to be concerned about doing that stuff. Not that's just the sad part about yeah. it. Not yeah. only are people doing it, they have absolutely no shame in it. They want other people to know that they've yeah. done it. I mean, they're, they're not trying to hide it. Yeah. That's uh, amazing. Uh Thanks for that comment. Anthony in the chat room says, get off of Facebook and into God's book. So I appreciate that. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I think maybe Anthony saw that where I did. That was on a, the sign in front of a denominational okay. church in, in our community not long ago. I have a preacher friend who was uh, promoting uh, in his lessons Facebook. They were looking at, into, God, yeah, into God's word. So that's a good, uh, good statement there. I suggested uh, to our list another one, another Old Testament example and that is the example of Solomon. Um, and some of Solomon, Solomon gave some very sound advice. And I think a, a lesson about young people probably would be, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention uh, what Solomon said by way of uh, advice in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, beginning verse 9. In Ecclesiastes 11, verse 9, Solomon said, Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth, and walk in the ways of thine heart, and in the sight of thine eyes. But know thou that for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. In other words, Solomon was saying, 
the young, t- the, the, the early years of a person's life are joyful years. There's things to be enjoyed. There, it, it's, it's, it's great to be young and, you know, uh, you should enjoy the time of your youth, but do not forget that God is holding you accountable. So enjoy your youth, but never forget your accountability before God is the message that Solomon makes. He says, uh, therefore, remove sorrow from thine heart, put away evil from thy flesh, for childhood and youth are vanity. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Uh, very important words of advice to young people from Solomon. He ended his long discourse there in the book of Ecclesiastes uh, when he was sort of searching for meaning in life. What's it all about? How, how to attain uh, fulfillment and satisfaction in life? And he said in Ecclesiastes twelve thirteen, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. So Solomon had some really great advice, but the sad thing about it is that Solomon didn't always follow his own advice. A, a, a wise man blessed with wisdom from God when he was fairly young. When yeah, I was going to know about that Second Chronicles chapter 1 where he God offered him anything that he wanted and he chose wisdom over uh, riches. It certainly is an example of priorities, at least at that point in his life. But uh, he didn't stay true to that, perhaps. Yeah, the, the, the thing that's pretty amazing is that blessed with all of that wisdom, he didn't follow some of his own advice in those matters. And we remember that he married many wives. Many of them were foreign wives. He married he married women that did not have the same spiritual values that he had, that didn't believe the same things that he believed concerning Jehovah God, and they led his heart astray. Um, it says in first Samuel chapter 11, uh, it talks about all the wives he had first Sam, uh, first Kings, first Kings 11, three, first Kings 11, three, he had 700 wives, princesses and 300 concubines and his wives turned away his heart for it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods and his heart was not perfect with the Lord, his God, as was the heart of David, his father. Uh, verse 9 says the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned from the Lord God of Israel which had appeared unto him twice and so forth and so on uh, so Solomon you know uh, I, I think maybe the great lesson from Solomon for young people in particular is certainly he gives good advice there's some good teaching in Ecclesiastes and in Proverbs that would pertain to young people but in a practical example sort of way the lesson from Solomon is be careful about who you choose to marry. We can't overemphasize to young people the importance of choosing the right mate, be it a husband or wife. You've got to choose a person who has high moral standards and also has a strong faith in Jehovah God. Now, I'm not saying that young people couldn't perhaps date someone for, uh, who wasn't a Christian initially, but you need to find out pretty quick. As if, if you're going to date someone, you, I mean, like immediately, you need to find out if that person has interest in spiritual things. You, and you can find that out pretty fast. And if they don't have interest in spiritual things, man, go away from that. Run away from that. Don't don't waste any time there. You need to be looking for a person who, if they don't already have a strong faith in God, they're the kind of people who who will develop it once they're exposed to those kinds of teachings and influences. And if they're not a spiritually minded person, get away from there. So Solomon stands as an important lesson to young people about choosing the right kind of mate. Here's the wisest man in the world. And he was not wise enough to overcome the the challenge of marrying women who didn't have his same faith. If you have questions about that as a young person, perhaps it would be wise for you to talk to someone who has married someone who's not a Christian, who has no interest in doing God's will. I recently was uh, informed of a situation where a woman married someone who has absolutely no interest in God's word, and uh, the, the struggles that she's facing are just enormous because they're not working from the same playbook. That's and, right. Uh, they're not, That's right. They don't come from things from the same uh, perspective. You know that that's a good that's a good uh, bit of advice there, Jacob. If if you are a young person, you're dating someone who's not a Christian, and they're not they're not indicating their interest in spiritual things. 
Uh, and if you're still inclined to stay with them, go talk to someone who's married to someone who's not a Christian. And I think that without exception, they will tell you that's not a good idea from their own experience, not just from what the Word of God says, but from their own experience. They'll say, that's not a good idea. All right, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. On the other side of the break, we're going to go to the top of the hour with plenty of time for your comments. Join in the chat room, join in on the phone, or join in over email while we take this break. We'll be right back after this. These guys are doing all of the talking. We need to hear from you. Call in now. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. I'm Greg Gwynn, a host of the Virtual Bible Study. Thanks for joining us for tonight's program. The Virtual Bible Study is presented weekly by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Each week on the Virtual Bible Study, we simply engage in a study of God's Word in an effort to better understand it, better understand how God views us, and better understand what He wants from us in our lives. We're not studying any creeds. We're not studying any books written by men. We're just studying the Bible. And we're trying to study the Bible alone without any of our opinions or wisdom mixed in. We're only interested in what our Creator has revealed to us in his word. We realize that we're fallible and cannot direct our own steps. As a result, what we think or feel doesn't really matter. All that matters is what God has said. So that's what the virtual Bible study is all about. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Thanks again for joining us tonight, and we will hope you'll make plans to join us every Thursday night for the virtual Bible study. Computers are good for lots of things, but there's no better way you could be using yours than to participate in the virtual Bible study every Thursday night. Can you think of a better use of your time? Broadcasting around the world with truths that are out of this world. The Virtual Bible Study. Take it away, guys. And welcome to the Virtual Bible Study tonight. As we talk about young people, we will remind you this program is brought to you by the College U Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are listening to us in our podcast and you've never been to our website, be sure to check it out. It is thevirtualbiblestudy.com or collegeview.com where you can find out more information about what the College U Church of Christ is all about. We appreciate you joining us on the program tonight as we talk about examples for young people today, positive examples. The world's full of a lot of negative examples and negative influences. Uh, Most of the uh, examples in the media today in sports and entertainment uh, would be negative examples in one way or another, but the Scriptures have a lot of good positive examples for young people. We're looking at those examples on the program tonight. Jacob, a comment in, uh, along the lines of what we were just talking about in the, in the chat room. Neutron John says, not only the personal struggle with a mate who's not a Christian, but the challenges of raising children in that situation is a tremendous challenge as well. I certainly agree. Faith mentions when you're young, love is blind. Pray for a spiritual partner in life. That, that's certainly something worthy for people to pray about. And uh, Anthony says, parents should pray for their kids to find a Christian mate. Absolutely. All right, uh, certainly. Uh, lots of good uh, instructions there. Uh, and Keith, I believe it is in uh, the chat Ke- room. Kevin. Kevin, I'm sorry. Kevin says uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verses six, uh, six, chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. Exactly. Good Good observation. Good. Good reference there. One more from our suggestion of a list, and then we've got a few more to add to this that have been suggested. Uh, And again, I don't know if people think about this very often as Jesus being an example of a young person, a righteous young person. Of course, Jesus was righteous at all points in his life. But we have just a a little bit of a glimpse at him as as a 12-year-old in Luke chapter 2. Uh, you remember the episode when he was taken to Jerusalem with others who were going there uh, to serve God on, on the feast day, and and he stayed behind. His parents thought that he was traveling with their relatives, and when they got to the end of the first day's journey as they were heading back north toward Galilee, they couldn't find Jesus. They had to return to Jerusalem and found him. They found him in the temple asking the scribes and questions and answering their questions, uh, and the 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 statement that we might want to concentrate on is when uh, his mother asked him. Uh, he says when they they saw him they were amazed. This is Luke two verse forty eight, and his mother said to him, "Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing." And he said to them, "How is it that ye sought me? Wished ye not that I must be about my father's business?" And our emphasis there is on the fact that 12 years old, Jesus said, I must be about my father's business. You know, that 
we use that somewhat as a, a little bit of an insight into what we have termed the age of accountability. When when it when is it when a child becomes accountable to God and and should be expected to be involved in pursuing godly things in their life? And Jesus at twelve said, "I must be about my Father's business." Now, I, I, I don't, the Bible doesn't say that's a hard fast rule for every kid. I think that that children mature at different levels. Honestly, I think children today probably mature faster than they have in years gone by. But at least by age 12, Jesus stands as an example of one who said, I must be about my father's business at age 12. So, again, this idea I can wait or kids can wait, let them do their thing so they're a wild oats. And when they get older, then they can think about serving God. No, they need to serve God from their youth. And parents need to expect that. Uh, uh, Jesus indicated here that uh, Joseph and Mary should have known that by the time he was 12, he'd be interested in that uh, and should be doing that. So that's a good comment. Lots of good comments coming in the chat room. Uh, could we consider Moses, who refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, as an example? John asked the question in the chat room. Okay, so let's just take that one real quickly. Moses was certainly uh, made a decision and uh, was relatively young uh, in regards to the length of time that people lived in in those at times. But is he about forty when he? Yeah, I think he was about forty, but that would still have been considered, I think, to be relatively young. Uh, Hebrews eleven twenty four says, "By faith Moses, when he was come to years." So I think that we would say when he when he would reach maturity, come of age, come of age. Uh, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. He made a conscious choice to, to be with the people of God. He could have had it, literally. I mean, he, the, Egypt probably was the wealthiest country in the world at that time. And as the son of Pharaoh's daughter, he could have had anything he wanted materialistically just in this present world. But he could he could see beyond the present world. He could see the value of serving God. Certainly, values that need to be instilled in our young people today. That yeah. They can learn because we values. live in a materialistic world, and our sure. kids are being influenced by that materialism. We need to teach them to look beyond that, sure. like Moses did. So, there's Moses. That's huh. a good one. All right, we have Queen Esther submitted in the chat room as well by an anonymous listener tonight. Okay, uh, Esther, we think was a young person, probably when that. When when the king was going through that process of choosing a new queen, uh, she was a young maiden, a young unmarried woman, so she's probably relatively young. And then after that, when it became, uh, when it looked like the Jews would be annihilated by the plot of cruel Haman, she put her life at risk. In order to do what needed to be done, she was uh, of such strong character to be able to do that. In other words, to to, to literally stick her neck out. Uh, she could she could have died uh, by doing what she did in defense of God's people. She stands as an example of courage in that matter. Of course, the Book of Esther is the only book in the Bible that doesn't mention the name of God, but. You're going to see his hand all through that book as you read it. All right. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. Any uh, other examples that you have of young people that could be an example to our young people today? Let us know your thoughts. We have some that have been listed, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Man, that's a great example in the book of Daniel. These are, these are again, we, uh, sort of similar to the story of Daniel I mean, uh, the story of uh, Joseph. The story of Joseph. These were these were some some young men who hadn't necessarily gotten fair treatment. They'd been taken as prisoners of war, basically, uh, and and exiled out of their home country to a, to the uh, to the land uh, that was strange to them. And yet they they were devoted and, and faithful to the Lord. In the first chapter of Daniel, they refused to to participate in the king's food that would have been a violation of their moral principles to eat the food that he was offering they refused to do that uh which early on indicated their their example jacob what do you got on them um well i the thing that is remarkable to me about daniel shadrach meshach and abednego is uh well i we get it from the first chapter chapter one uh, beginning verse uh, three, and the king spake unto Ahaz, the master of the eunuchs, 
that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes, children whom was no blemish but well-favored. And goes on to talk about the, the Israelites that were brought out of the land of Israel. Um, and uh, it's interesting to me that Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not the only four. It doesn't say how many there were, but certainly uh, it would not be a stretch of the imagination to think that there were a lot more than four Israelites that came out of the land of, of Israel but we only see these four who are standing up for what's right. Yeah. It'd been very easy for them to look around and say, well, none of the other, well, we won't, they weren't Christians back then, but none of the other Christian kids are standing up for what's right. I'm just going to go along with the crowd. Yeah. They were willing to, to stand up for what was right, even though others that should have been doing it weren't. And at some point later, when King Nebuchadnezzar set up the golden image and required everybody to bow down to it, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, and this is in Daniel chapter 3, verse 16, they said, to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. They basically said, we believe that God will protect us and deliver us, but even if he doesn't, we're not going to do this because it's wrong. You know, we'll we'll take the consequences, whatever they are. We're going to do what's right, and you can do to us whatever you want to do to us, but we are committed to do the will of God. And that's the way we all need to be, and that's a great example to young people. In your youth, as young people, make up your mind and just say, whatever happens, whatever consequence comes, I will, I will suffer that consequence because I am going to do the will of God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are a great example. Daniel, in the same book, obviously, uh, was a great example all through the book. From, from his early days to his old age days, Daniel was a great example of a faithful servant of God all through the book of Daniel. Chapter 6, of course, is the famous chapter where he's cast in the lion's den for not being willing to violate God's law in favor of the king's law all right in the last few minutes of the program as we've been doing every week we would ask you if you don't mind just uh go into the chat room and tell us where you're listening to us from tonight uh so that we can know where you are lots of people from around uh the country tonight online tonight let us know where you're from just send your location into the chat room uh we have also uh listed uh someone mentioned i think we mentioned it briefly david and goliath david being as a young man uh, having more courage than the army of Saul. Yeah, real quickly, oh, we're almost out of time. First Samuel 17 uh, is, is that story where he went and he saw Goliath defying the armies of Israel. And he said, um, uh, well, he, he basically mentioned how that the Lord had helped him in, when he was guarding the sheep and he'd killed a lion and a bear. And he was confident God would help him in opposing the giant Goliath. He had great faith at an early young age. David's a good example. We got somebody uh, again suggesting John the Baptist. John the Baptist, you know, he he lost his life as a relatively young man. He was a, he was just slightly older oh, than yeah, Jesus. Just a little bit young, younger. So than in in his early thirties, sometime in that time frame, he was beheaded because he took a strong stand for what was right and condemned Herod for marrying his uh, brother's wife. And lost his head over it. But John the Baptist is exemplary from start to finish. He's another one of those that we don't know anything. There's not a negative word said about John the Baptist in all the account we have concerning him. He's a great example to young people. All right. We have Stephen, the martyr Stephen mentioned as well. They don't know how old he was, but he he certainly stands as an example. Faith. Somebody in the chat room mentioned uh, Josiah, who, who I think, you know, maybe somebody's going to have to refresh my memory. I think he was eight years old when he became king of Israel and made great changes. Seven. One of, uh, in the studio audience, we have someone suggesting he was seven when he became king. And he made great changes, turning the people away from idolatry and back to faithful service to God. Someone in the chat room wants to challenge the studio audience and says he was eight. Yeah. He, he was Okay. Joe Ash was seven. Josiah was okay, eight. All right. Okay. We've got it straight. Okay. Now. All right. All right. Uh, well, lots of listeners on the program tonight uh, who have chimed in and told us where they're from. We have uh, uh, three listeners from Edmond, Oklahoma, one from Pittsburgh, Indiana, one from Hot Springs National Park in Arkansas, Greenville, Mississippi, Cuttawa, Kentucky, and uh, Spring Hill, Tennessee. Neutron John is gathered around the family with his computer, uh, around the computer with his family tonight. And so we're Glad that they're listening. Uh, Orangeburg, South Carolina is on the phone as on the line as well. So good. Uh, Here's an interesting tonight. one. 
in the chat room, a young person, commendable, Paul's nephew in the book of Acts. You remember when Paul... That's the second time that came through, and we didn't catch it the first time. When, when Paul was uh, under arrest and the Jews would have laid in wait to, to uh, ambush and kill him, uh, his, his, his nephew came and warned, you know, took, took him, obviously taking some risk in order to do that. Oh, that's great. And uh, Kevin's got his family around the uh, laptop as well tonight, so we appreciate... Uh, all of those listening. Do we have another listener from Edmond, Oklahoma? Edmond, Oklahoma has been giving us a good audience, and we appreciate them. Thanks for that. to everybody who's been, who's listening tonight. I hope we've said some things. I hope that that uh, any young people who've been listening will be encouraged. It's it's not easy. I, I, I would just leave with that thought. We understand it is not easy to be a young person in the modern world trying to serve God. Well, we've got uh, we've got numerous examples of people who've been successful. People can do it. it it's doable. It's hard. It's not easy. We're we're with you. We pray for you. We we want to encourage you. Make a commitment to do the will of God in your life. And the difficulty of living for God does not provide any excuse for failing to do so. God still expects young people today uh, to live for him. Very good. All right. We appreciate your thoughts tonight, Dad. Thank you for your time. Thanks, Jacob. And thank you for being a part of the program. We hope you've benefited from our discussion tonight. We hope you'll make plans to be back here next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And in the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life. Study His inspired word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.